Hey everyone, I'm Monty from Lifehouse Tokyo. Really excited to be able to share with you all today. Normally I preach in the bilingual services, but today I get the opportunity to preach in the English service. So it's going to be amazing. I believe God is going to speak. And recently, this month we've been doing the series No So, No Grow. Great series. And、uh, today I'm going to talk about what do we do during the wait? Who likes to wait? Literally, no one. <laughs> Literally, if you like to wait, we'll pray for you at the end of the day. No, I'm just kidding. But who likes to wait? Seriously. We live in a society where waiting is uncool, or at least it's inconvenient, right? Because we live in an Insta world at the moment. We got Instagram, where you get instant likes, instant gratification. Ooh, I got a lot of likes. Ooh, I'm so popular. Well, we got Uber Eats, where you get Insta food these days, just comes to your door in like 15 minutes. We got Amazon Prime, which is like Insta stuff. Where you just order on Amazon Prime, and if it's like two days late, you're like,、mm, at the front door, like,、mm, where's my stuff? Right? We live in an Insta society, a society that's geared towards not waiting. But who knows that in life, there's times where we just have to wait. And we can't do anything about it, but we have to wait. You know, I love going to theme parks. Anyone like theme parks out there? Uh, my my、uh, wife, Melissa, she loves Disneyland. She loves to go to Disneyland.、Uh, I'm okay with Disneyland, you know, like, I like the churros and some of the rides are cool, but、uh, the lines, oh, oh my goodness, those lines are long. So you have to get a fast pass for like one or two of the rides. My favorite theme park is one here in Japan called Fuji Q. You've never been, come to Japan, check it out. It is amazing. And Every time I go to Fuji Q, I always get at least two fast passes because there's like six mega rides I want to ride, and every line is like an hour, an hour and a half. And I need to be able to ride all of them. So I got to get a fast pass. But in life, we can't have fast passes for everything. Not everything gets a fast pass. Not everything you can cut in line. Not everything you can skip, right? You can't skip the intro like you do with Netflix. You can't skip stuff in life. So, we have this big period of no sow, no grow. We sow the seed, we wait, and then it grows, right? Or, and then we get the harvest. So, what do we do during that season? Have you ever planted a seed? Anyone ever planted a seed out there? I have. If you've never planted a seed, I get it. You know, we live in these, you know, concrete jungles. We live in the cities these days. There's not many places that we can plant seeds.、Uh, but in school, There w a s like those school projects where you plant seeds. I had one of those projects where you had like those eggshells, plant the seed in the eggshell, and the little, it looks like the eggshell grows hair, right? And you draw a little face on the eggshell. You, you know what I'm talking about? If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's okay.、Uh, but at school, we have these little projects, right? And one of these times, I had one of these projects where I had to plant the seed, but everyone else's plant was growing except for mine. And I was like, what? That's what? I'm. Giving it water, it's in the sunlight. Why is only mine not growing? So I was like asking my parents, I was like, hey mom, hey dad, why isn't my plant growing? And they're like, are you sure you planted the seed? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I planted the seed. So I had a look in the, little, in the little pot, and sure enough, I didn't plant the seed.、Right? Exactly what we're talking about no sow, no grow. You don't plant, you won't reap. Right? And that's what happened in my little science experiment. Very embarrassing. Got a zero for that assignment, as you do. But、uh, when we sow, 
Sometimes we have to wait. So anyways, we're going to talk about it today. Are you ready? The first thing I want to do is read this scripture with you in Matthew 13, verse 31 to 32. Here is another illustration Jesus used. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. Even though it's the most itty bitty of seeds, it becomes the largest of garden plants. It grows into a tree and birds can come and make nests in its branches. You know, I love this story because it talks about the potential of a tiny, tiny seed. If you've seen a mustard seed, it is small right? But when it grows into a mustard tree, it is massive. And it says that it's so big that even birds can come and make a nest in its branches. That's incredible. That's so much potential in something so small can become something so large. That's the beauty of planting seeds. But the key in this scripture is the verb. There's one verb, right? There's one action in this scripture, and it is to plant, right? Nothing will happen if you don't put action into it if you don't plant anything. You won't get anything if you don't plant anything, right? We've been over that. So the first point I want to say is that we've got to plant with conviction. Not only just planting the seed, but we need to sow, we need to plant with conviction. We need to be faith farmers. We need to know that this is going to be something right? If you don't care about the seed, if you don't care what it grows into, you're not going to do anything for it. No good farmer in the world plants a seed and is like, all right, little buddy, good luck. I'll see you next fall. Like, what? No farmer would ever do that. A farmer plants with the expectation of getting a crop, of getting a harvest. And the same is for anything in our life. If you want to reap the benefits or if you want to see fruitfulness in your relationships, you got to plant into your relationships. you got to sow good seeds. If you want to see fruitfulness in your career, in your education, then you got to plant seeds into your education. If you want to see fruitfulness in your finance, you got to plant seeds of finance, right? This is not rocket science, guys. This is simple stuff. It's not like if you study IT, you're going to become an astronaut, I mean, you might learn rocket science in the mind. But anyways, you've got to learn to be an astronaut to be an astronaut. You've got to learn to be a doctor to be a doctor. You've got to run. You've got to do physical movement if you want to be an athlete, right? No one that's never run in their life is going to be an athlete. You haven't sown, you're not going to grow, right? We need to make sure that what we're sowing into is something that we want to see results in. And every one of these areas takes time to develop. When you sow the seed, it's not instant. It's not Instagram. It's not Uber Eats. It's not even Amazon Prime. When we sow seeds, it takes a long period of time before we can see the results. So like what I said, in your relationships, it builds, I mean, it takes time to build trust, doesn't it? In your education, if you want to do something great, then you, it's helpful to have a degree, it's helpful to have a master's degree, and it's even more helpful to have a PhD, right? It takes many, many years in order to achieve those higher levels of education. If you don't sow, you won't grow. And we've got to make sure that when we sow, like I said, that we have some conviction behind it. We have some faith behind it. We're not just sowing because somebody told us, hey, you need to sow. No, we're sowing because we are believing in the power of the seed. 
And when we believe in the power of the seed, then we are motivated to take care of the seed. And so, all right, we talked about planting the seed. Yeah, you plant the seed. Okay. But what about the weight? How do I make the weight go faster? What do I do during the weight? Don't worry, I have the solution for you. Are you ready? This is the solution. Maintenance, maintenance, maintenance. Not the answer you wanted, is it? It's not what we want to hear, but this is the hard truth. It is the ugly truth. It's the truth. We have to maintain the seed. In other words, we have to, like I said, take care of the seed. If you believe in the seed, you will take care of the seed. If you don't believe in the seed, you're not going to take care of it, are you? You're just going to, oh yeah, whatever. What's, what's the point? Yeah. But if you believe in the seed, if you believe in the potential, if you want to see a harvest, then you got to take care of the seed until it gets to that point of producing fruit. If you don't take care of the seed, then you're not going to see the harvest. So what do we do during the wait? We got to maintain the seed. We have to look after it. And in Australia, I come from Australia. I moved to Japan when I was nine years old. Uh, but before we moved, uh, we had a nice house in Australia. We had a front yard. We had a backyard. And my mom was an incredible gardener. Not so much opportunities to garden here in Japan, but overseas, like in Australia, uh, there was a lot of opportunities to garden. And she was a great gardener and she loved it and she poured her heart into it. And I remember our front yard, uh, we had like this nice green grass on the front lawn. Mm, love the smell of freshly cut grass. Can't quite get good grass here in Japan. It's quite difficult to find some, I don't know, tasty grass. You're not eating it, but it's tasty. The smell, mm, it's tasty. If you know, you know. And uh, we also had a jacaranda tree in our front yard. This is like an Australian tree. It's got these beautiful purple flowers. It's great for climbing and also great for falling out of and breaking your arm. But that's for another story. And the, the centerpiece of our front yard was these white rose bushes. And this was my mom's pride and joy in her gardening was these, these white, white, uh, ro white rose bushes. It's a bit of a mouthful. She loved these. She took care of these. She guarded them regularly. And I remember as a little kid watching her and learning from some of the things she did. And I like to share some of the things that I've seen her do and just some of the things that people do in basic agriculture or basic gardening. Here we go. Here's a lot that goes into maintenance. Good soil. Got to make sure that you've got some good soil. Fertilizer to make sure that the soil is good and that the plants are going to grow strong. Sunlight. You need good sunlight. A plant that's in the shade is not going to grow as well as a plant that's in the sunlight. Pruning. You've got to cut some branches off in order to make room for new growth, for stronger growth. And the most important is water. You've got to have water, guys. A plant without water will die very quickly. So we need to make sure that we're watering the plants. So to me, these don't sound exciting. These don't sound like something I'm interested in doing. If you enjoy gardening, all power to you. You are amazing. I am not one of those people. I do not enjoy this concept of doing all of these things. It sounds long. It sounds tiresome. And honestly, it doesn't sound that exciting to me. But the fact is, these things are necessary in order for us to see a harvest, in order for us to see fruit. And so why don't we try and apply these little 
you know, subsections to our lives real quick and see what it looks like for us as believers, right? The first one, good soil. Let me be clear. When I say good soil, I am talking about the local church, being planted in the local church, letting your roots grow down deep into the local church, making sure that you are surrounded by people with the same faith, people with the same vision, the same goals that can encourage one another. We're building God's kingdom here on earth. It is the hope of the world. Come on, you know, the local church, it is the good soil. It's where we need to be planted in. In Japan, we have these things called bonsai trees. And they're very beautiful. They look very, very cool. It's like you take a big, big tree and you you shrink it down to a little size and you get these little, quaint, cute bonsai trees, right? They're supposed to be like an apple tree, supposed to be huge, but you can get this little one here. You know what the sad thing is? I've seen too many Christians living bonsai tree lives. Their potential was to grow big, but their life looks like this. And so I looked, what makes a bonsai tree? Like how, how do you make a bonsai tree? Because it's supposed to grow big naturally, but you do something to make it small. And what they do to make it small is they cut the roots. And every two years, they completely uproot it. They completely take it out of the pot, shake off all the good stuff, all the nutrients, all the good soil, and they put it in a new pot. The reason they do this is to keep the tree small. And I've seen, unfortunately, people's lives that look like this every two years. They want to go to a new church. They go to a different location. They do this and that. And I'm not talking about people that change geographic locations but are still planted in the same church. I'm not saying that any of these people are bad in any respect at all. I'm just saying it breaks my heart to know that their potential could have been this and they're living like this because they haven't allowed their roots to truly grow down deep into the local church. They haven't been able to find their purpose in serving God in the local church. Guys, let us not be bonsai Christians. Let us have a big vision for our life. Let us be excited about the local church and encouraged in building the local church together. The second thing, right, is fertilizer. What is fertilizer? Uh, it's poo, guys. It is what it is. There's no sugarcoating it uh, because a sugarcoated poo is still a poo. You're not going to eat it, right? A, a fertilizer is what helps plants grow. And so stuff happens in life, guys. Stuff happens. Sometimes that stuff isn't good. Sometimes that stuff that happens in life is a bit stinky. Sometimes we don't like what happens in life. Sometimes we have 2020s and 2021s, where there's a pandemic and things are crazy and bad things are happening around us and the news is just negative after negative after negative. There's a lot of poop going on in the world, right? But are we going to allow those circumstances to stop us from growing or are we going to take the circumstances? Are we going to take the challenges around us and use it as our fertilizer to grow stronger, to grow larger, to get closer to God? That's the kind of life I want to live. I want to be able to use the negatives. I want to be able to take the lemons in life and make lemonade. I want to be able to take the poop that happens in life and make fertilizer because I can make that fertilizer used for my benefit to grow. 
You know what, this has been a crazy year for everybody and it's been crazy for me too. But on the other hand, this has been, you know, this past year and a half has been one of the best years in my life. I got married to the wonderful Melissa. Uh, we both got our license recently at the, the good old age of 28, getting my license. Yep, it's all right. I'm a bit slow, it's okay. <laughs> and we also, we were able to buy a house recently. It's going to be built in a few months. And we're very excited for that. You know what? There's a lot of bad stuff happening around us. But if you look carefully, there's a lot of great stuff happening around us. And even though it might seem negative that church is online, that we're not be able to meet as much. Some of your locations, maybe you are able to meet. We praise God for that. But for those of us who are not physically able to meet, we have online and we could see it negatively or we could see it as fertilizer for the future that through online that more and more people are hearing about God, more and more people's lives are being changed, but we would have never been able to reach before that we were online. One day we will go back on site and it will be amazing, but this is a moment of fertilization. God is using the situations around us to build us stronger fertilizer so important the next thing is sunlight a plant that's in the shadows is not going to grow very well right same thing with the christian who's living in the shadows it's not going to grow very well we need to let the sunlight of jesus christ into every area of our hearts and i know in the past there's been moments in time where i've had to be i had to be honest I had to tell people that I trusted, I had to tell my leaders, hey, I'm struggling with this. Hey, I did this. I need help. Will you pray for me? And I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to reveal those things because they're embarrassing. It's, it makes me feel guilty. It doesn't feel comfortable in any respect of the word. But I had to do it. And the moment that I was able to open up about these areas in my life, I felt the power of God. I felt God's sunlight come into those dark corners of my heart and wipe away every shadow that was in there. And I was able to experience this incredible freedom that can only come from the sunlight of God. We need God's light to shine in every area of our life. This is why I love connect groups. This is why I love having incredible leaders. This is why I love having incredible friends because we can open up to them because we can get prayer, we can get help and we can get every area of our life into the sunlight, into freedom so that God can come and heal us from what's happened in the past, what they said, what they did to you. God can help you if we just bring those issues into His light. I know it's not easy, but if I can do it, I know you can do it. I know many people have been able to do it. Maybe a good step is to join a connect group. Not, not immediately telling everyone your deepest, darkest secrets, because that would be a little bit interesting. <laughs> but uh, after time, developing those relationships, right? You know, it takes time to develop trust in relationships. Come on, guys. Let's bring all of our issues, all of our secrets into the light. No secrets. Let's bring it to the light and let God's sunlight wash us away from those shadows from the past. The next one is pruning, right? What does this look like for us? There are areas in our life that may not be healthy, okay? And I remember watching my mom. This was the one that surprised me the most when I watched her uh, doing maintenance on the rose bushes because she would cut them. She would cut the roses. I was like, isn't that the point? To have roses? Why would you cut the roses? Isn't that the whole point of having a rose bush? And she said, I have to cut the roses in order for the bush to grow stronger. 
And God does this in our lives. Sometimes there's areas in our life that we may like, that we may think looks good. But that attitude isn't helping your future. That environment isn't helping your future. And here's a big one, guys. That relationship might not be helping your future. I know in my life, there's been relationships that I've had to prune, I've had to cut. And I'm not saying that I don't love those people. I'm just saying I need to make a decision that is healthy for me. Because if I'm holding on to every branch from the past, how can I expect to grow into the future? Not everyone's going to come on the journey with us. Different people make different decisions. People go different places. And sometimes we have to make a decision that is healthy for us in order for us to have a better future, in order for us to have a healthy future. And so I believe God will reveal that to us in due time, whether it's through His Word Maybe it's through a trusted leader or a trusted friend. But come on, guys, let's allow God to prune areas of our life. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't look good. The rose bushes without roses isn't very pretty. But in the future, it will grow bigger. It will grow more beautiful and it will be stronger because that is what pruning does. And the last and most important is water. You gotta water the plants. A plant without water will die very quickly. We got Mr. Potts over here. Uh, we thought we were giving him enough water, but it turns out we weren't. And so he was struggling. He lost a lot of his leaves, but we were able to give him the, uh, the proper amount of water. And now he's got new leaves that are nice and fresh and clean. And he's been able to grow back and become healthy again. The importance of water is so clear. It is so evident. And guys, we need water for our soul. John 4, 14 says this. Jesus said, But whoever drinks the water that I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them, Jesus gives them, will become in them a spring of living water welling up to eternal life. Because God not only wants to fill us up, He wants to fill us to overflow onto others. But if you don't have anything in the tank, if your tank is empty, how can you expect to overflow onto others? This is what we need. The most out of all of these things, all of the maintenance things, water is the most important. And you know, like we said before, that we, don't, we can't really have shortcuts in life. Well, let me give you one. Let me give you a shortcut for the weight. You ready for this? It's called journaling. This is the biggest shortcut of life. It's called developing a relationship with the living God. It's called getting closer and closer to Jesus. It's called building a better future. And I, through journaling, I have experienced God time and time again. Teach me, prune me, grow me, help me, comfort me, challenge me. Everything you can think of, I found it in the Word of God. I have a real relationship with God. It is because of journaling. That journaling is the living water for my soul. And I want to encourage you guys to let's make a habit of doing it daily. I'm not saying feel guilty if you aren't doing it daily. If you skip a day here or there, it's okay. Let's get back on track. Maybe you haven't been journaling for a month or six months or a year. Maybe you never tried. But guys, I can promise you, if you get back into it, God is waiting to pour new water, new living water into your life. And not only for you, but when you get full, other people benefit from it. We can overflow into other people's lives. Come on, guys. We need to do this during the wait. 
So, if I could summarize what do we do in the wait, it is really simple. It's we want to get closer to God. We want to develop our relationship with Jesus. We want to become the best you you can be. I want to become the best me I can be. If you're waiting, if you're waiting for that job, then you got to get ready for that next job. If you're waiting for a partner, for a good relationship, then you got to get yourself ready for that relationship. That's what we do during the wait. We work on ourself. We work on our relationship with God. We maintain the seed. We look after the seed so that when the day comes, when you get that new job, when you get that relationship, when we go back on site, we will be ready. Not only will we be ready, but we will be stronger than ever. We'll be ready to tackle new challenges. We'll be able to go to new heights. It's exciting. The wait doesn't seem very exciting, but the result, it is exciting because we are building our relationship with God. He is strengthening us. And during this time as well, we're also doing a Heart for the House offering. This is for our future venue. This is for Tokyo especially, guys. Um, So if you're in other campuses, I know there's other Heart for the Houses in those campuses. But Heart for the House, it's a seed. It's a seed right now. We haven't seen it come to fruition. We haven't seen the harvest yet. But right now, I want to plant this seed with conviction. I want to give into this seed with conviction. I want to be able to watch this seed grow from a seed to a massive tree that's going to bless generation after generation. And when I'm gone, it will continue to bless generations after I've left this earth. I want to build into that kind of seed. I want to build into that kind of tree and that kind of fruit. Don't you? I'm so excited to give towards Heart for the House because I know it's going to be a generational impact. So I encourage you, If you call Lifehouse your home, if this is your church, I really encourage you to pray to God. Ask Him, how much can you give? Because we don't all give the same, right? We don't have the same amount. We don't have the same paychecks, but we can all give something. We can all give something. We can all be a part of what God is doing in this incredible nation, in your incredible nation, in your incredible campus. Let us be a part of this history. Let us build a legacy that will last longer than us. So I'm excited for Heart for the House. I encourage you guys to be excited for Heart for the House as well. A final verse that I want to leave with you is John 12, 24. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground, a seed, right? Falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. You know what? The greatest seed was Jesus. He came to this earth because He loved you and me and He died. He was that seed. He went into the ground, but He didn't stay in the ground. He rose again. He's alive today and He wants a relationship with you. So if you've never made a a decision to follow Jesus, in a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to get to, to welcome Jesus into your heart. Maybe you used to follow Jesus, but you've kind of fallen away. I want to give you too the opportunity to come back to God, to let that seed, to let Jesus grow in your heart and overflow from the inside out to bless every area of your life. He will change your life just like He's changed mine and so many others. So before that, why don't we just take a quick moment to pray together so that God will help us during the wait. You ready? Let's pray. 
Yeah, God, we thank you for today. We thank you that you are an incredible, loving Father and that you have a plan for us, that you created us with potential. And God, we want to be able to see that potential. We want to be able to finish the race strong. So I pray that during the wait, God, we wouldn't get discouraged. We wouldn't complain. We wouldn't accuse you of not being there for us, God. But we would realize that you are always there, that you want to help us grow. I pray that you help us to have the ready, the fruit of patience during the wait. God, I pray you help us during the wait to work on ourselves, to be able to get you to water our lives with your word, to be able to build a stronger relationship with you, God, so that when the day comes, we are ready. We are stronger. So God, I pray you build us during the wait. In Jesus' name, amen. And lastly, like I said, if you want to believe in Jesus or you want to come back to God, I'm going to count to three. I'm going to say now. And if you want to make that decision to receive Him into your life, when I say now, I just want you to respond in your heart. Say now yourself and receive Him in. You ready? Three, two, one, now. Right now. Why don't you make that decision? Say, yes, Jesus, I believe in you. Come on. Why don't we pray together? Yeah, God, I thank you so much for these incredible people. I pray right now you come into their life in a powerful way. I pray that everything from the past will be gone in Jesus' name. All the sins, all the mistakes, all the hurts from the past are washed away in this moment, that they are made new, they are made white as snow. And I pray that you would fill them with your love and your grace and that they are different from this day on. I pray that we will be able to produce good fruits and that we will be able to overflow in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on. Well, if you enjoyed this message, make sure to leave a like, a comment. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye, guys.